Impeachment Advocates, what's up, my kayfabe enthusiasts? Welcome to Time is a Flat Circle, a look at how humans keep getting it wrong. I'm your host, Joseph, the youngest, and I'm here with my best friend, my good dude, my brother, Hondo. Ayo, changing it up. <laughs> hey, what's going on, guys? It's your media-friendly meathead here, ready to drop some knowledge like I'm dropping some heavyweights. Uh, really looking forward to this podcast. Go ahead and pass it off to my good friend, uh, Adrian, kicking it off in Dallas. There you go. There you go. I have a question. Are you supposed to drop the weights or lift them? I mean, after lifting <laughs> comes dropping. So I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is Adrian over here wondering, is the dog's journey a sequel or am I just like seeing the same previews over and over again for a movie that's never been released? Oh, that goddamn one with uh, it's a different actor now. But it's the same story about it sure a dog. Seems like it. it sure seems like it. It's that, like bad homeward bound. That's that's what I've been wondering lately. Just to let you guys know, I'm gonna go ahead and hand it off to uh, my uh, <laughs> my brother, uh, my partner in crime, Andre. It was a solid uh, dad moment there from Adrian asking about some kind of dog movie I've never even heard of. Hi. Uh, <laughs> Would like to throw back to the uh, Kelly McGillis to my Tom Cruise as Maverick, Joseph. All right, guys. So we're getting into a pretty fun episode, I think. We all, again, just completely dropped the ball in terms of letting you know what we're going to watch and then not watching it at all. So we got back to the brother archetype in media in different ways by watching completely separate things all individually. And we're going to bring them to the table, hopefully in a cohesive way but probably just going to be a jumble of bullshit. So getting that out of the way, let's get started with kind of where we left off last time in terms of how different kinds of sibling relationships actually play out in real life versus the media. Getting into the media aspect of it, I think we can all agree those tropes and cliches come from a place of realistic interpretation of what it's Anyone else who got Joseph frozen? <laughs> yeah, Spence. All right, and back. <laughs> All right, we were getting into whether it uh, kind of plays off the reality of having a real sibling or a um, interpreted sibling or a uh, adopted sibling uh, in every sense of the word. Uh, but let's get into how it looks on the screen in the uh, in the comics on TV, big screen, small screen. Uh, what'd y'all watch? What did you get into that uh, played into these types? Let's start with, hmm, Hondo has an inquisitive look on his face, so we'll go with him. Oh, um, okay, so one thing that I was watching that I actually forgot they were brother and sister. Um, has, any, has everyone here watched Friends? Ross and Monica? Yes. Yeah. Too much of it. Yeah. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, my fiance likes running those in the background when we're not actually watching TV. And so I'm starting to have entire seasons memorized, which I'm slightly proud and ashamed to admit at the same time. Um, I guess the aspect of their sibling relationship is that I kind of find interesting is the only reason essentially from reading like what the directors were saying and then from watching the series, the only reason they really interact with each other is because they are siblings. Like it's that relationship whereas if it wasn't for that bond that's keeping them together they probably wouldn't interact in any way shape or form to begin with so i 
thought that was kind of a unique one just because it wasn't one I was intending to understand until I saw that. And it was just, it's kind of weird because you don't really see that happening too much where the only reason you interact with someone is essentially because of that bond. Whereas in other medias, you're seeing that be the definition of, or like the foundation between their interaction instead of the only thing that's keeping it together. Okay, so it was kind of hard for me to listen to that because I had to hold on to this one fact that you said that it was based on what the directors were saying, which means, <laughs> what are you watching this on? Are you watching DVDs of Friends and watching the director's cut? No, I'm actually... the director's I'll, commentary afterwards? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm watching it on Netflix, but I'm reading, I read up about it on the internet. So take it for, I guess, what it's worth at that so point. So you, you took your own time outside of Friends watching to go research Friends. <laughs> I mean, it's not in the background. You kind of come up with little tweaks. We got him. Yeah. yeah. How many, <laughs> how many <laughs> trivia nights have you been to where Friends was the main topic? I've been to one. I have been to, <laughs> I have been to one trivia night and we got fifth place out of seven teams. So <laughs> there we go. Yeah. That's what I needed to hear. Okay. Getting back to what you were actually <laughs> No, that does make sense. I, I think that's something that is maybe less represented is um, brothers in a friends group which happens a lot in media, but isn't as leaned on as heavy. Uh, but that relationship definitely exists in entourage casts of anything. I mean, Game of Thrones, Mountain, Hound, that has been brewing since the first season. Hearing that story about what's going on with them has been something that people are still just so anxious and ready and horny to see. They are like into it. They want to see Clegane Bowl. But horny? I don't know. They're horny to see it. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm, I'm excited. Me. I don't know about y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Let's focusing get Focusing on that adjective. <laughs> um, they're horny for it. You, you, you can't deny it. I've seen sh- people with shirts that say Clegane Bowl. You don't buy a shirt <laughs> without being horny. <laughs> yeah, now I'm a little worried because I bought two Foo Fighters shirts a couple weeks ago and I'm like putting your comparison together here. <laughs> Are you realizing that you have a uh, strong sexual attraction to a uh, Dave Grohl? Well, no, I, I knew that all along. Yeah, just maybe like the rest <laughs> of the band. All right, so getting into what's <laughs> what so are we going with this? <laughs> it's, uh, so, so you brought up Game of Thrones, and I, I do think there's a like a, a sibling relationship that probably doesn't get talked about enough, uh, especially because as we were talking about the dichotomy last week of how storytellers can use siblings to kind of illustrate polar opposites. I think Sansa and Arya are like a really, really good example of, of that sibling. Like one was a tomboy and didn't want anything to do with being a lady of the the court and then Sansa on the other hand was the exact opposite right like she just wanted to have a bunch of little princesses and princes uh and like marry uh the king one day and whatnot and you get get to kind of see like where those tasks lead lead them and at the end of the day they're still like fighting for their cause the family you know yeah, what's kind of wild is the fact that they end up in similar positions at the the very end of it. They're they're very much alike uh, to an extent at the end of the day, or where we are now in the story. But so 
one thing I would say is, is that familiarity with identity built on the fact that they did spend time apart to just not have to create identity separate from each other. Because what we're talking about with twins is the fact that you don't really get to have your own identity, which makes it really hard to just deal with the fact that you're one half of a whole to everyone else. In their eyes, you're just twins as opposed to, uh, I don't know, Hansel and Gretel or whatever twins that I can't name because I completely drew a blank right now. But the Weasleys. There you go. Good. Good save. Good save. But is that is that part of it? Do you have to separate entirely to get to that level of um, just comfort with knowing that you are part of the same family? Or do you just have to have your entire family murdered by the Lannisters? <laughs> I think uh, like if we're trying to get to like the the meat of why these stories are told over and over again, it, it probably does have something to do with becoming your own person on your own, like making your own path, having your own journey, and then being able to take whatever unique knowledge or or I don't know, strengths that you now bring to the table back to your family, like it, it earns you a place at the table, right? Like you're not the same person competing for the same spot. Everyone on the roster has something to, to offer. So here's an interesting thought, maybe, because I'm just saying it and I think it's interesting. <clears throat> Does the reason they become so much more alike at the end of it is that a result of the fact that they were instilled with the same values? Because so much of, like, just specifically with Game of Thrones, so much of Ned is in all the kids, obviously. So as they go away from each other, instead of fighting with each other or instead of vying for, I guess, the spotlight, attention, uh, power, whatever it is that they all individually want, instead of those things, they kind of still all want those things, but in different ways because their value system was all based on the same foundation. Is that something that is translatable to real life or to just all sibling archetype stories? Or is it something that is specific to Game of Thrones because it was like good writing? Is it? That's what I'm asking. I'm asking if it is. <laughs> I mean, I feel like with 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 game of with specific to Sansa and Arya. I mean, I would argue that they both. I don't know if it's necessarily a a part of them being siblings, but I think it's more them having the same story arc, right? Because both of them were in a position of helplessness, wanting to be in a position of power, and they both got to their positions of power through their own individual journeys. Um, I think relating that back to the sibling archetype, though, I think that can speak volumes of how when you share a unique bond with someone, even if you go down a completely different path in life, when you re when you get back together with that person who you share that bond with, it's something that transcends time and it's something that transcends, uh, I guess, distance. Because, I mean, I think we all have that, for example, that friend or that family member that we only see every couple of months or every couple of years. And it's like nothing ever. It's like we never skip the beat. Right. Yeah. And so I think I think that's that's kind of an example of 
where it's not necessarily the writing, but it's more so just the concept of like, hey, they both have their own individual stories. And after they were done with their own stories, they were still able to come together and share the same bond that they had at the beginning of the series. Well, I think what happened with them specifically is that you get that like joined hate of a common enemy. And that's really not necessarily what happens in real life, but it is very much I know in our culture, we're very much raised as like it's the family against everyone else. So like you learn to not necessarily hate others, but they're more of like opponents. And that's kind right. of what. All right. Dom. I think, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's where I was going next, too. Um, I've got a whole Fast and the Furious bit <laughs> at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's what it is. Is it it, come, it becomes like almost a you're, you're the team against whoever else is out there. You popping a Corona over there, bro? <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing I drink. No, I think that ties into it's it's kind of weird because it it's it's every archetype is built on those cliches and tropes, but the sibling one is hard because it kind of intertwines those as opposing forces or competing forces or joining forces to create a different style of identity. Like it's just a mixture of two archetypes put together. It's a formula almost as much as uh, the archetypes that we've talked about in the past are kind of blueprints where the beats are the same, but the story might be different. I think this is something where it's A plus B equals X versus A plus C equals Y. Or you can mix and match different variables to create a result that is either this or that or the other. Well, like, but those- I'd say yes and no. I feel like you kind of were able to encapsulate the archetype of the siblings in like the three ways those story, stories could end. It's basically they're opposing forces, they're joining forces. And what was the other one that you said? Uh, competing forces. Yeah, like healthy competition. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think each other better. Yeah. So like a warrior. That movie is a really good example of competing forces, right? Like they're yeah. At the end of the day, um, they're both making each other better, and they're both crazy, but they're both making each other better at what their passion is. I have to ask though, did everybody on this pod cry the first time they watched it at the end of the movie? Yeah. What I movie? Did. Oh, oh. Warrior. Yeah. No, I did not. How is it? Not, I do not love your brother, Joseph? Is that what you're saying? No, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think honestly, so the reason it definitely hit me hard, but the reason I guess it didn't hit me as hard is because I've never felt that way about Adrian at all in terms of the amount of contempt that they had for each other for a certain amount of time in their lives. Like I've hated him for an instant, not for like six or 10 or 15 years. (laughs) Like that is scary for me to, I guess, visualize in terms of who I would be at the end of those years or how however long that tenure was i i feel like i would grow away from myself at that point so i didn't relate to it at that level because i was like that can't be me because if it was i'd be not someone that was salvageable or like redeemable or like someone that would carry the same 
amount of presence on screen as Tom Hardy or what's the other guy's name? Oh, that's sad. Man, one of Joel them really Edgerton? got Joel yeah, Edgerton. Yeah, yeah. One of one of them is definitely a better actor than the other. I think there's an easy way to fix this, though. We just have to enter you and Adrian into a mixed martial arts tournament and make sure you both end up in number one and two. <laughs> so as long as it's like Helen, Helen is cell. Actually, no, no MMA, like just straight up wrestling. I'm into it because I could climb up fences like nobody's business. And <laughs> he's too big, man. He's too big. <laughs> too big and slow over here. That, that is for sure. So, Joseph, would you say that like you're more of a, a Thor Loki if you're trying to map us? Like, a, like I would say, I would say, yeah. Like Loki yeah, tries to destroy the entire universe like multiple times, <laughs> and Thor's like, ah, my brother. <laughs> See, so I think I think we're that relationship, but each of us are the opposite uh, versions of each other in terms of I would say that I'm Loki and you're Thor, and you would say that you're Loki and I'm Thor. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> uh. Wait, so honestly, I know this is going to just derail this entire discussion, but I really want to hear, Andre, can you just delve into Brian and Dominic Toretto <laughs> and lay it all out? Just give us the rundown of why they are the perfect uh, version of brothers ever introduced to the public in a media fashion. I mean, I can only explain it as well as Dom himself does in <laughs> Fast Seven at the end when he's driving off and they're doing the whole like highlight clip. And again, I cried like a baby in the theaters. Um, but he goes through it and he's like, "It's not necessarily like they're they're not blood, but uh, and I forget the phrase he uses, but he's like, that's." Like we were essentially the same soul in different people, and that's why he's my brother. Does that encapsulate a different version of sibling relationship then, where it's not that you build upon each other, it's not that you have the same set of values or identity based on how you were raised, but you are essentially the same person in different environments? Because I, yeah, I would say that that... I have a good real world example of this. Uh, my buddy Eric that I met, you know, we were probably 14, 15 years old and he went to, a, you know, one high school. I went to another and it, we're very much like we're the we're the Brian O'Connor and Dominic Toretto. Like we've got very similar mindsets. We both work just as hard, but we grew up in completely different circumstances. And I think if we had like if we had switched those roles, which is what the parent trap or something they do. Um, I think we would both end up in the same place just as different people. But do you think that's something that would exist, I guess, outside of the fact that you know each other? Like, if you... Like, were you, are you saying would they, would they find each other like soulmates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, we're both in Houston now, so, like, it ended up that way, but... I think we would both be on the same path that we are now. Like we would both be where we are, but I don't know that those paths would have intersected. So would the argument be that even if they never intersected, you would still be basically the same 
people. <laughs> yes. So there's something to say about like Dom and Brian, their souls were just the same. Is that is that easy to believe? Is it hard to believe? Does anyone agree with that <laughs> besides Andre? <laughs> I mean, I, I do think that it's a good sibling um, relationship <clears throat> like that. The story, I mean, especially because they get to build that relationship over multiple movies. Uh, uh, but uh, I don't know. I feel like that's getting. Um, I don't know th- that last voiceover that Dom has. Yeah, I, I think it's it's touching and all, but like it, it kind of misses the point that for a while there in the the movies they were they were on opposing sides. Like it, it wasn't until just circumstance put them it's together. Sick. I don't know if it was a while. It was just one movie, Adrian. <laughs> and I mean, they were three quarters of the movie. And at now. the yeah. at the end of the movie, they were like, "So we're the same people, huh?" <laughs> no, but, but think about it. Think about it. Like they're what, like twenty something in in that movie. They're tw- what 24, 25 in that movie. No, no, he's like a solid eighteen and a half. Yeah. And then and Brian dies at like what thirty? I mean, that means the majority of their life they were opposing sides of of the coin. But is, okay, is okay. it the mild no, no, no. Adrian or is it the smile? <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm done. I'm going home. Uh. Call it right there. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I think awesome. I get I get what you're saying, Adrian, but I have to be on uh, as unfortunate as it is to say, I have to be on Andre's side of the argument. Because I, I do believe that they ended up in obviously different situations in life, but because of the same reasons. Like that identity was opposing for a movie because first of all, it's a movie. So otherwise there would be no movie. But second of all, if those people actually existed, it's like meeting yourself. It, it, it's not something that is comfortable or okay at first. Cause I, I, I think, uh, just in the past or in the last episode, we were talking about who feeds into your feedback loop as a adopted sibling, not so much adopted in your family, but adopted by you to be your brother, be your sibling. And the thing I realized about my relationship with uh, Christian and also, by the way, he's working at my office now. We're hanging out a lot. It's been cool. But uh Manolo is a different version of that sibling relationship, which is more like the twin that I hate because when we first met each other, we did not like each other because we were so similar that it was really upsetting to see that kind of mirror put in your face and not like that person because that meant that everyone probably saw that about yourself. (laughs) So there's, there's something to say in the fact that if they are so similar that when they see each other, they see themselves and all the things that they don't like about themselves because only they know that those things about themselves, it's something that makes sense. Like I get what Andre is saying at least. And I kind of have to say that I agree with him over what you're saying. Okay, guys, I just want to tell you, I went and started the movie and fast forwarded that part. He says, (laughs) uh, I used to say... I live my life a quarter mile at a time. And I think that's why we were brothers. 
Wait, what? That's why he thinks they're brothers? They have yeah, all these life and death situations, and that's why he thinks he, Because he did too. Because he's that short sighted about his <laughs> decisions? Yeah. Because we both make bad decisions. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it. Uh, I was really hoping that Miles and Smiles did come up at least once in the Fast and Furious <laughs> yeah, franchise. Yeah. But. <laughs> I'm sure there's a Tyrese line in there somewhere where he, he says something like that. I got a buddy who owns a Jeep and that's what he says. It's not the Miles per gallon, it's the Smiles per gallon. <laughs> I already don't like this friend of yours. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to meet him this weekend, Joseph. <laughs> Uh, Wait, if I use that, will he know that you told me? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I will then. <laughs> use it tomorrow. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to completely act like I, I completely invented it all on my own, and it was just me, and I'm a big old gearhead, and all I do is love cars right in the gas tank. <laughs> uh yeah, they were completely off the rails. I mean, no, we're I, still kind of on it. We're still talking about brothers. <laughs> or at least family. <laughs> <laughs> While we all drink Coronas. I know so many lines from that, from that series of movies that it's not even funny that I could use right now. Okay, I want to do a short segment of how many... Quotes from Fast and the Furious can Andre rattle off in 60 seconds. Let's do it. And go. Dude, I almost had you. You almost had me? You didn't even have your car. The only <laughs> thing that matters is that these people in this room right now salute me, familia. And then just like a montage of the rock punching things for the next 45 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Oh and that's been Fast and the Furious by Andre. <laughs> as, as told by Andre. Uh, has anyone seen previews for the, the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff? Yeah, I love it. I can't wait to see it. Did you see the preview? Honestly, it's like they stripped away they stripped away all the story and just left in the action and no one's gonna be mad at that. Like everyone's yeah. like, all right, it's just better <laughs> version of Fast and Furious. No, just punching shit the whole no, did you, hours. Like, did you see did you see the preview where The Rock punches someone from a moving car? He's driving and sticks his arm out the window and yep. punches someone. Yep. <laughs> but who would be better at doing that and not ruining their entire arm than The Rock? Like, if anyone was going to punch someone out of a moving car, I would really want it to be The Rock in real life. Because otherwise, the arm you've just seen someone break off. their arm. Yeah. Yeah. But The Rock, he's like, no, he's, he's, he's a rock. No, but then he'll just flex out of his cast. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately after it's work. put on. <laughs> oh, man. That guy's life must be wild. Has anybody seen Fighting With My Family? Not to completely derail the talk here, but... I saw previews to it. Does that count? So it's a, it's about Paige, who's in the WWE. Uh, Joseph, you may be familiar with her after your one experience yes. with Monday Night Raw. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I feel like I know every wrestler. I watched 
one episode of Monday Night Raw, and I know every wrestler now. And all is the, the storyline. Is, is the Taker still there? The Taker's always going to be there. Is he like Grave Digger for Monster Jam? Yeah. He, he actually drives the Grave Digger <laughs> for Monster Jam. <laughs> it's, his, it's his personal car. <laughs> Uh, I I think the pallbearer is dead though. I think the pallbearer is like the 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 guy that was the pallbearer is actually yeah. dead. Has not, not wrestling back dead. in like ten years though. God, wouldn't that be wild if they actually just fake someone's death to bring them back for the the ratings? <laughs> they they've done that before. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was hoping. <laughs> I was yeah, hoping like it was Eddie Guerrero, me. but no, that guy that guy definitely OD'd. <laughs> no, he, he definitely died. Yeah, he, he's he's dead. <laughs> Why is Rick, everyone laughing? So, one thing that I I did not expect. The one thing that was honestly the most shocking was that Rey Mysterio is still a thing. Wait, he's still wrestling? Well, yeah, still you, think, you don't know. Too. You don't know if it's still Rey. He wear, he's wearing a luchador mask and he's like a five six Mexican. It could be any of us. <laughs> it could be anybody. <laughs> <of us. laughs> uh, I'm too hairy to to be him. So I, I try and get it back on track, brothers. I I want to uh, turn my attention to a, a little indie flick. I, I know Andre's familiar with it, but uh, no. <laughs> I think uh, a really good representation of, of brothers is uh, dirty work. The fact that we all knew what you were talking about before you said it, like before you even good showed it, it's like, come on, spit it out. I mean, like, like how good good is that? Like in terms of encapsulating what it means to be a sibling, in terms of two friends that grew up together, and in the course of of the movie, they find out that they're not just best Spoiler. friends. Thank you, Andre. But they're in, they are in fact brothers. Like, and then they have to come to terms with that. And I feel like giving that synopsis to anyone and asking them to watch the movie would really piss them off. Because <laughs> it feels like hand, such- honestly, you have to hand it to Norm Macdonald because his sense of humor to come up with that pre- like premise. It's a really heartwarming premise. That. Yeah. Yeah, to to pitch that to to like a board of executives that are going to finance a movie as Norm Macdonald was probably really difficult and took a lot of work. And then the fact that what came out of it was this movie is just a miracle. <laughs> I mean, I, I've never even heard a reference to dead hookers in any other movie other than this movie. And they reference it multiple times. Like a lot. <laughs> I mean, hookers in general are a main a mainstay of all of the parts of the movie like every subplot even yeah G7 (laughs) 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 yeah don't they don't they burn down the uh the girlfriend's apartment just because uh they think it's a whorehouse yes (laughs) well it's not even it's not even that they think it's a whorehouse. They think one of the rooms in the entire complex is a whorehouse. So the rest of everyone that lives there must be scum. And then they're just like, all right, they're cool with it. That's all it takes. No, but he, he definitely had his finger up that dog's ass. <laughs> uh, also, that's probably my 
Don Rickles' performance. <laughs> and he's only in the movie for like 10 minutes. You know he just walked onto set and put on his like wardrobe, went out there and just made fun of Norm MacDonald and Artie Lang, and they just loved it so much, and he didn't have to do anything for the rest of the day. It was a one-take scene. Like, there's no way you can convince me he had to do multiple takes of that scene. <laughs> and if he did, they were probably all just as funny, but everyone else broke character. So, uh, Adrian, did you have, like, an actual in-depth analysis? <laughs> or were we just going to talk about dirty work for 20 minutes? <laughs> no, no, I, oh, I, I was going to say that I, I think, like, when you really lay it out in terms of, like, what the premise is and then, like, how... Uh, it, it's hard to come to terms with like, yeah, they were, they were different, but they were best friends. And then it's like, Oh, but like, we're actually brothers. Um, and what, what it means to be a brother, they, <laughs> they have to come to terms with that too. Like there's a point where like the Artie Lane character actually hates Norm and like stops hanging out with him. And then they have like that, like basically the come to Jesus moment when uh, the, the dad's going to die. And it's like, you know what? Like we got to set like these, these childish, things aside and like what like it, essentially they they went through the whole sub- sibling rivalry archetype in like a matter of like kill, 10 minutes kill the boy john snow <laughs> but but also are you peeing off the roof right now <laughs> that dude was soaked in piss too that was one hell of a piss <laughs> it does it, okay i i have to hand it to norm mcdonald that is a Honestly, if you if you were to pitch that to a studio now, they would probably completely eat that idea up still like it's still a good idea for any story to be told is the fact that that would harbor some that relationship would not transition well into or not transition well without some kind of conflict uh, conflict. When you just realize I, I think Artie Lang's character honestly puts it all out there in a very quick, succinct way when he's just like, you always had everything. Now you have my dad, too. Like, that's the thing he's most upset about. Uh, but it's it's just it's I, I don't know if it's something that is recreated a lot in different kinds of media, but it's it's definitely something that to me seems unique, which is stupid because it's such a, a stupid, stupid movie. Um, not saying it's a bad movie, but it's so stupid. Like I cannot express to anyone, anyone who has not seen this movie, you have no idea as stupid as you think it is. It's so much more stupid. (laughs) I tried to get Kim to watch it. Like I didn't preface it at all. And we were like 20 minutes in. I was crying. She had not laughed once. I was like, wow, okay. You really had to have experienced this as a child in order to enjoy it. Wait, have, has she seen mystery team? That's another good sibling no, movie. No, I haven't. I haven't tried that one. I didn't do that one. <laughs> if she doesn't laugh, hey, but to, uh, to change gears here really quickly um, and get my bro Hondo involved, I would like to talk about the most bro positive uh, media I have bro assumed in this <laughs> recent bro era, and I think he knows where I'm going with this. But it's definitely Gurren Laga. <laughs> So you explained it to me pretty well, Hondo, when you were selling it to me as far as like you need to watch this. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I told you just straight up. It was two brothers with like 
giant robots throwing galaxies at each other when they fight, right? I think that, that summed it up pretty well. Yeah. You didn't mention uh, that they were going to use the word bro nine million times. <laughs> yeah, it's like they didn't re- they didn't refer to each other on a name basis. Everything was just Heineke, which is Japanese for bro. <laughs> oh, wait, did you watch the sub or the dubbed version? Uh, it was subtitles. No, it was it was dubbed. Like, oh, Hondo, are you are you a purist? I, I am kind of a purist. Like if an, if an anime is in English, if I hear English, I tend to get turned off by it. So I'll try to look for the subtitled version just because I, I got used to doing that. Uh, I don't I don't like you anymore. You don't like <laughs> Why, it's, it's got to be English. No. OK, so there are certain things that I do hate the voice actors that speak all of the English for some of the shows. But you can't tell me that Cowboy Bebop isn't better with Stephen Bloom as Spike. Oh Speedo. no, okay, yeah. So let me let me preface this because a lot of the old school ones I used to watch. I watched the dub version. So Trigun, Cowboy Bebop, Dragon Ball Z, and yeah. then there's another one called Black Lagoon. Um, all of those, like I've tried watching subtitles before, and I can't do that. So I know I agree that like a lot of the old ones that I grew up with, if I can't. If I try watching them in the Japanese languages now, it sounds weird in a way that just doesn't make sense anymore. So I'll add to that that just now that we're not talking about bros anymore. Um, that like the the Miyazaki films were dubbed over in English for the American audience, but they hired like top name actors. Like Keith David was one of the voices in that who has a gorgeous voice. And oh, I think Christian Bale, bringing him back, is uh, in Howl's Moving Castle. Howl's Moving oh, Castle, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, that will... Um, I think that makes a huge difference. Like, if it's if it's done poorly, it's definitely not good. You just want to watch the subtitle version. <laughs> okay, Hondo. Lay... Bro. Lay... <laughs> lay every... Lay everything on us in terms of since you have consumed pretty much all anime in the world, uh, what is something that may be a cultural divide between the sibling relationship that comes from anime that isn't represented in American Western media? Oh, that's a good question. Okay, let me make sure I understand that. Is there is there a relationship or an archetype within their sibling, within their writing that's not necessarily demonstrated or approved upon in East in in our culture? Am I hearing that right? Yeah. Or is is there is there similarities or differences? Because if there's similarities, that means that it is truly a universal archetype as opposed to just a Western archetype. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's it, it's universal in the sense that there's definitely every. Everything that I've seen or consumed shows that there's an inherent bond that brings them closer than other people. Um, one of the inherent differences, and I don't know that it's necessarily tied to the to the brother archetype, is that uh, anime tends to, and I think it's more of a reflection of Japanese culture, is there tends to be more of an altruistic aspect where it tends to be more of a we have this we have this brother sister sibling relationship, but it's like we will be willing to sacrifice that for the greater good, or we will end up like that relationship is secondhand towards what the major storyline is and whatever media you consume. Whereas in, I would say our side, we tend to focus more on the relationship and seeing that as the foundation of something. Whereas over there, it's more of just uh, like an accent to it. Okay. I 
think you hit on a very specific topic that sounds legitimate. So good job. I try. But (laughs) (laughs) sometimes it works. (laughs) No, no, no. What you were just saying, sorry, I was being an asshole. What you were just saying made me think immediately of the fact that Full Metal Alchemist is not about the relationship between the brothers as much as it is the storyline of the show as a whole. Like there's a plot that's driven by the fact that they are brothers, but the relationship is so intertwined in that plot that it's not just about the fact that they are brothers. It's more about the fact that their decisions are based on how much they truly love each other and want the best for each other. But at the end of the day, the plot is driven by, whoa, these crazy things are happening and we have to fight them off. Yeah, like you could take a, you couldn't take the a specific to Full Metal Alchemist. You can take away the concept of them being brothers, and I think you would still have just as good of a story, because them being brothers is not necessarily what's pushing the plot. It's them trying to either get their mother back or fighting against the uh, homunculi. Like it's something that it, it it adds depth to it, but it's not necessarily the foundation of what's that's of telling that story. There's also that idea of self-sacrifice that I think is a little, I guess, on the nose in terms of what would you do for someone that you love, but that's usually placed on a romantic relationship where this is such a fraternal relationship that it's wild to just say, you know what, take, take me and restore my brother entirely and we're good. Like I'm fine with making that decision. I think that was, so when we're talking about warrior and the fact that I I definitely did not feel the urge to cry at the end of it, I really bawled tears of so much anguish when I saw uh, Ed just kind of giving in to the fact that he was going to be gone and it was all for Alphonse. Like I was into it and I was also terrified by the fact that that's a thing that I could see myself doing, I guess, or more so that I could see Adrian doing for me, which... Maybe not now, because <laughs> got got the kid, got yeah, the nephew. Got, got but I feel like I would do it nowadays. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But I would, I on, honestly, I feel more so about that now. To, I guess you, Adrian, pointing at Adrian, uh, over anyone else because of the fact that if I were to self-sacrifice it would be for something more than just you it's for the fact that everett would still have a dad yeah yeah i got you and that makes sense i think i think it it goes to the um the family bond bringing it back to fast and the furious it's like what what or or even back to the game of thrones right like the things we do for for love right What'd you say, Andre? I said, stick with Fast and Furious. That was better. <laughs> <laughs> That's Andre, going back to that, uh, the self-sacrificing from the brother arc, what, did you feel anything in Good and Lagan when Kamina sacrificed himself? Yeah, well, Spoiler so that's, that's kind of, like, I'm starting to see that uh, trend then, she guys are talking about it, and it definitely was, so that's why I said it was like, that. their take on it was it was very, very positive like in america we get a lot of like tough love older brother stuff and he was very much like more of a nurturer and like hey you need to like you can do this you need to go do this 
instead of like just get up and do it, you know, which is what you get in Warrior. Like it's very combative in Warrior. And in Gurren Lagan, it was very much like a like an encouragement. Hondo, give me that quote. Don't which believe. <laughs> oh, the one that he said, yeah, if, uh, if you don't believe in me, then, or if you don't believe in yourself, then believe in me that believes in you, or something <laughs> along those lines. I think that perfectly encapsulates what uh, Andre was trying to say. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, it goes, it goes back to that altruism, right, where it's just like, it's not about me or you, it's about the greater good, and that's just, that's something you don't necessarily see over here very often. Yeah, but that, that kind of speaks volumes to the, the, the culture as a whole. I think uh, oftentimes you hear Americans or the American culture, like we talk about individualism. And I, I do know, like in, in Japan, at least, there, there's a really big uh, focus on collectivism. Like, what what do I mean to the community? What am I doing for my my people? Um, like, so you're not out there for individual accolades. You're you're there to. Um, bring as much value as you can to the community around you. I hate to take this to that space, but it kind of is obvious that that's part of part and parcel of the culture when something like kamikazes existed. Because yeah, how do you yeah it, yeah for sure, dude yeah it, it it's not about like like um being the the Top Gun and being able to like survive and say like, Oh, I brought down all these people. It's about, Oh, it's like, Hey, like if, if I have to, I'm going to sacrifice myself so we can win and let my name be, be heard uh, in the heavens. <laughs> yeah. It it even goes, apop, apoptosis. Yeah. Yeah. It even goes back to farther than that. And I always forget there's like seven different words for it, but like when, they used to fight for their lords when they used to commit harakiri or sempoku or sempoku. Yeah, it wasn't about it wasn't about preserving their life. It was about I'm gonna give honor to my household by showing that I was not defeated. I was the reason that that I died. Right. So it's not giving glory to your opponent. It's giving keeping respect within your house. Yeah. So it's just it's stuff like that that you don't necessarily experience over here. But over there, it's relatively common culture because of the environment that they grew up in and the way they were taught. So I, I guess. Um, you, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I was going to say. I guess the question is like, what do we think the the better myth is? You know, like if you want to have a strong culture, do you think the the better myth is the individualistic myth, the combative and competitive, or is it the uh, the uh, collective myth. Honestly, I think it's a collective. I, I think that that gets you furthest, fastest. I don't know if it's a, an efficiency thing, but it definitely is something that makes me think if more cultures were nationalistic, things would be worse off as a whole, but things would be better off for the individual countries that I guess had um, more willpower, which is, it's, it's kind of scary to think. So you, you take that in, in context and, and what it means is it took, I guess, nuclear warfare for a stopgap to be created between the production of 
Japanese materials versus like Western materials. So there was that buffer that made American made products so much more, um, I guess, ubiquitous than other, like we had to have a, as Americans, we had to have like a 10 second head start in a 40 meter race to even get close to the finish line that we are in now. Like we're in the end game now. Hashtag gonna watch it. Hashtag it's right there. Hashtag Avengers. Um, <laughs> but I, I think the, the, <laughs> the fact, the fact that the fact that that trajectory was so much more, um, not even it wasn't destroyed it was just stunted that trajectory was just stunted by the fact that they got bombed with nuclear weapons <laughs> that yeah. that i and uh i don't know we have uh 911 and a economic disaster like <laughs> they may not be tied together but maybe the nuclear bombs that were in Japan also had no consequence as to, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to separate the idea of the fact that collectivism and nationalism had something to do with the fact that you're able to bounce back from something that disastrous so quickly. Well, yeah, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like nationalism and collectivism tend to be bred through tragedy, right? Like it's it, something bad happens, you stop squabbling with each other and you come together to try to push through it as a, as a whole because you know that you're greater than the sum of your parts, right? Like it, it seems like it makes sense. Um, it's like a coping, I mean, coping mechanism or like the immune system of a community. Like you, you get yeah. together that way. Yeah. Well, it I mean, may just, honestly, it may just be something that is um, animalistic and just, mammalian like it's just something that we do as animals yeah i mean you you read stories about people that survived like plane crashes or people that survived train wrecks together they end up becoming best friends or they end up becoming married or something like that because they relate so heavily through that same tragedy that they experienced but to quote sandra bullock in speed marriages that start with tragedy usually end up in divorce <laughs> Like we uh we haven't heard from Andre in a, in a minute. Yeah, which is Joseph gave me the alley oop there by saying familial, and it's very much like me familia. <laughs> <laughs> How long until Corona actually comes out with the Fast and the Furious branded um, bottle of Corona? I don't like know why they Dominic, haven't yet. Yeah, I mean Dominic Toretto just handing it to you on the box. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't see why they haven't seen as like with the Game of Thrones premiere, Shake Shack had like dragon glass milkshakes. Budweiser or Bud Light had a Game of Thrones. Oreo has yeah. a Game of Thrones package. Johnny Walker had the White Walker whiskey. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen the show pour itself out to marketing as much as this, this last season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, you got to go all in though. It's HBO, man. They know how to make money. It's insane. Look at Sesame Street. That's the most uh that's the most ambitious crossover I've ever seen. <laughs> Elmo and Game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, did you see they also made um Westworld 
Muppets. So they have uh, um, Bernard. Do not see doors. Probably, <laughs> probably. Wait, so where does this fall in the category of what does Disney own? Because Henson and Muppets and HBO and Sesame Street. How far are we from just saying, please, one company rule us all? Well, I, I think I'm, I'm there, man. I'm there. Like Disney, I will pay you money to give me all of my content. Yeah. It'd be way easier. Also, just know my blood type. Tell me what shows I should watch and give (laughs) me all of all of what I need. I want to get home and turn the TV on. The TV tells me you're going to watch this tonight. (laughs) I don't even want to turn the TV on. I want to get home and the TV knows that I've had a bad day and just start showing me just you like ungodly amounts of really hardcore I guess just animal porn that is super violent if they are both dead at the end of the day. <laughs> sounds, I was going to go with Happy Tree Friends. Sounds really, really creepy. <laughs> sounds very aggressive. <laughs> no, so, so I have um, a random question I'll throw out to the group. Um, I, I know everyone here, and we started talking about anime, and while I'm not like a, a big anime head, uh, I, I've seen a fair amount, but one of, of the, I guess, anime. That's, is, not a, that's not a term, by the way. That's not a term. Don't say anime head. That's fucking weird. <laughs> now I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it from now on. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, anime adjacent <laughs> is what I would call it. But uh, I feel like everyone here is a fan of Avatar. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and keep it, keep it to the original series. But do we think Aang... Oh, that, that movie was great. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> the second one's coming out this year, I think, right? Do we think Aang and Zuko are... Can I say that right? It's been so long since I've seen it. Are, are yes. yeah. would, would they be like a, a Dom and Brian situation in terms of their, their, the same soul? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it was definitely a big brother, little brother relationship. Because yeah, there was well, just, just be like similar, yes, I would say up until the point because when he has to learn fire, like like you said, Zuko becomes very much a like mentor. I was gonna say it's like equal. yeah, it's like a student mentor relationship. I'd argue I'd argue everyone in that group for Aang is a student mentor relationship because everyone knows why they're with him and what the purpose of their interactions are. And at a certain point, everyone in that group of I guess friends you could call them in the gang was willing to sacrifice themselves for Aang to still exist. So it, it, it was that like everyone had the opportunity and kind of took it, even though it didn't turn out the way they thought it would, they were all so willing to just be like, I'm giving my life for his because he's more important than me. Just yeah. I believe so, the name you're looking for there is team avatar. It's gang. <laughs> <laughs> It's the gang. <laughs> one more time. One more time. Just so everyone's clear. A gang. <laughs> <laughs> can we can we redo all the episodes with like the gang goes to the fire nation? <laughs> uh, wait, I guess. Like, okay, uh, so. Go ahead. Sorry, I, I I wanted to get this in just because I just thought of it right now, and my thoughts are so important. How crazy it is, is it? How crazy is it that the, I guess, storytell- the storytelling device that was in Avatar in terms of the, what is it, the Fire Island? What, 
whatever the play was that they saw about themselves, just retold that story in Game of Thrones as the play that Arya is watching about the death of her family. <laughs> and that is a very, I guess, visceral storytelling device that I want to see more. It's so good. That whole episode of just their story being a play that is depicted in such a farcical fashion. Same was, like a recap? It, yeah, basically it was a recap for it. It was, it was yeah. in the middle. It was in the yeah. middle of the final season for uh, Avatar, but it was in the middle of like a very, I guess, uh, turning point season for Game of Thrones where Arya was just like coming to terms with who she was as a person because of the things that had happened to her. And she was but having to... I feel to, like it was there because they knew like, oh, you're now in a relationship with somebody who loves Game of Thrones, but you don't want to binge five seasons? Like, watch the play. Yeah, and that's our, that's a... I think it's interesting that you bring that up because you don't see you see it a lot in anime, but you don't see it a lot in in live action series where they dedicate a specified amount of time to recapping everything in a condensed form. So you don't have to go back and watch everything. Um, I would say that that does that does show up in live action series, but in sitcoms like in sitcoms, that's a big thing where there's just clip episodes. Oh, yeah. So much. So would you call would you call the beginning of Thor Ragnarok like like that where he. He goes back to Asgard and finds Loki watching like a play. Watching yes, the play. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's becoming more of a thing that just happens, but it's it's so well received every time. I've never seen a scene like that that is off-putting or not good. If it's not good, it's because it's an actual clip episode where they just play clips from the series in a sitcom to substitute I don't know, not being able to pay the actors enough to <laughs> perform <laughs> scenes that they need. We got paid for One 13 episodes. <laughs> we, <laughs> we only have budget for 12. <laughs> One of the best versions of this that I've ever seen exists in the community series where they do a clip episode, but every single clip has never before been seen in the show prior. So they had to film a whole episode <laughs> of clips where they have like communication with each other in different settings. Like one is in a ghost town in like the old West. Like one is in a lake where they're going on a boat trip, but none of those things have happened in the previous episodes of the season. And it's, it is a clip episode, but they had to shoot all of those clips for an episode, which was probably way more expensive than just shooting a normal episode. Uh, yeah, I, just, I really like that. I was gonna say, I just want to say, guys, I think we found Joseph's Fast and Furious, and I think it's Community. Oh yeah, I would definitely say that. Over anything else, yeah, I would say that. Hey, hey so uh, re- really quickly, brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Troy I don't know the last time The last time we talked about those was, but I think it's been a while. So are, are um, Donald Glover and uh, his friend, are they Dom and Brian? My brothers. <laughs> nah, Dom, I think they're more. Is that your new question? Yeah. Who's the Dom, who's the Brian? Yeah. It's weird because when you say who's the Dom, it could be something completely different. But then when yeah. you say who's Brian, you're like, okay, yeah, I get it. That's what I was going for. Who's the Dom? Who's the Brian? <laughs> uh, 
So it's like Sesame a, Street, do we think Elmo is dumb? Wait, Elmo to who, who would though? be the Brian? Elmo is the Brian, right? Yeah. But who would be the dumb? Oscar the Grouch. Rover. <laughs> uh, now I'm just thinking about all these relationships and who could be Dom and who could be Brian it's Sansa and Arya who's the Dom who's the Brian Arya's definitely the Dom yeah <laughs> okay I, I think this is a, an archetype that like the the best. Are we gonna spend the next episode on this? Yeah. No, no, is no, this no, a segment? No. This is the sibling. Is this a segment? Who's yeah. the dumb? Who's the Brian? This is simply an archetype, right? But like, I guess the for us in terms of like the modern media, the best representation seems to be Dom and Brian. Like it's the most nuanced. That's a, speci- that's a that's a specific subset of sibling relationships. I think Dom and Brian is a good example of that subset. But there's oh. got to be like perfect examples. Thor and Loki, I Thor think, Loki. would be another one. Yeah. Well, I, I guess the what helps is like you have really great writers. Obviously, they they have huge budget movies for both of these, um, and they Wait, get. Did you just say great writers? On yeah, this, on yeah. I do think that they're all great storytellers. Um, and then, we just made a submarine that they drove away from. <laughs> okay, the, the tell, me, tell me, is you engaging, is what I, I tell was me you to say. Tell me that you can actually pitch to a boardroom of executives that storyline without having a great writer behind you going, I can write this, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I'd say like they're, because they're big budgets, you have to have some sort of confidence in the, in the writing that it's going to hold up. Um, and we get multiple movies for each of them, each of those sibling quote unquote relationships uh, to really build the nuance. Because if it's just a, episode TV show or a TV show. There's only so many episodes. That's kind of depressing. Cause now I'm just thinking of like every sibling relationship that I have in episodic format where it's just going to end, man. It's just going to, it's all going to end. Just live, live in life one half mile at a time. Four <laughs> mile. <laughs> even shorter even shorter <laughs> see who's trying to extend it even shorter no. yeah. I, i'm not that no. short-sighted andre i i at least think in half miles <laughs> every three quarters of a mile at a time <laughs> living my life 16 kilometers did they change it for like every every other country because we're the only god country. i hope not i really hope not <laughs> <laughs> It's that just it's awesome. just Dom's mouth moving like the the way it does, and then it's just oh man, I would love that. So are those the only two uh two flavors of siblings that you can have, Dom and Brian and uh Thor and Loki? I think there's uh, there's definitely more. I just can't come up with like a a, a perfect because those are kind of perfect examples. I think. God I mean, I would it, have I to agree. That. I hate I, I hate that Andre dominated so much of this conversation just by Dom, bringing up Dom, the beer. Dominated? Dominated. <laughs> Brianated. God damn it. I knew you were going to go there. You know what? So, so I propose that we need to talk about the fact that Hector 
is in every movie as Hector. Have you have you heard the uh, expanded Hectorverse theory? Is it similar to Stan Lee as a Watcher theory? Yeah, pretty Where much. He's, just in every much. Yeah, he's, he's the same character, like going through, <laughs> through space time. Wait, did you did you not see Guardians two? Wait, is he in it? Is his name Hector? No. So no, in Guardians two, Stan Lee is talking to the Watchers. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. he actually is a Watcher. Yeah, yeah and he's like confirmed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They confirmed it. Uh man, that's way less exciting than. Thinking that I missed Hector. (laughs) So next, are we just going to post like all the movies with Hector playing Hector? I mean, there's so many. There's honestly more than I think you understand at this moment in time. Like you would think maybe four or five. No, there's like 16 or 18. Yeah, I thought it was at least double digits. And there's like a couple of like Law and Order episodes. Like it'd be. And his name is still Hector. Yeah. It'd be really difficult, like, for a fanfic person to really come up with, like, a cohesive theory on why this one Hector is in all these universes. Or is it all at the same time? Really quickly, brothers. (laughs) (laughs) This conversation does not want want to be reeled in. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so in doing um, some research for brothers... <clears throat> I had found uh, Joseph Campbell um, has like a, I guess his template or the archetype that he had defined uh, was the uh, the first telling of the story wasn't Cain and Abel. It actually came from like, I guess, the, the Navajo prehistory. And uh, in their oral history, they actually have basically the same story, um, but it's the sun child and the moon child. Um, so just want to read this to you guys and you guys can tell me if this is uh dom and brian ortho and thor and loki or they're basically all saying the same story it's just different flavors uh but here you go the two sun child and moon child antagonistic yet cooperative represent a single cosmic force polarized split and turned against itself in mutually supplementary portions the life-supporting power mysterious in the in the lunar rhythm of its tides Growing and decaying at a time counters and tempers the solar fire of the zenith, life desiccating in its brilliance, yet by whose heat all lives. That's Thor and Loki, dummy. That's Thor and Loki. That's not Dom and Brian, though. Are you sure? Can I get a TLDR on that? <laughs> it, it basically, the like. TLDR is, is, is Thor and Loki <laughs> and not Dom and Brian. So, not Dom and Brian? No, you can't. You can't yeah, have man. those. I think so in my in my estimation of what you just described is those are identities that are pol- like basically polar opposites is what, what it's saying. But they 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 thrive in an environment where they are forced to be together. Yeah. Dom and Brian are basically the two versions of both. So. See, are you, are, they, are you not saying that yeah. they're a single cosmic force that were split and no, polarized? No, no, no. That's no, basically I, I what you're saying. No, 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 no. That was split. No, they are not. They are like if, if two moon brothers met each other and they were like, yo, we're both moon brothers. That's Dom and Brian. I don't think so. So, like the, so, the, so, so both of, part of his crew, but was actually a cop. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so, so. 
so Dom has a brother that like lives life uh, 260 miles at a time, and and Brian also has a brother that lives life 260 miles at a time, but they both live life a quarter mile at a time. I'm telling you, man, I think it's all the same story. You could make that argument, but you'd be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's exactly what I would think a brother would would tell me. <laughs> oh man, uh, Andre, would you, would you not to... say that that Dom and Brian are a single cosmic force that have been split? Don't you do it? Don't you say it? Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. But I think they were split right it. down the quarter mile. <laughs> <laughs> quarter mile each. This is my favorite episode, guys, that we've done, just so you all know. I've been on your side the whole time, Andre, and you had to just fuck me like that. Like a like a like a like a stuck pig. Like a brother. <laughs> I think I think we're done here, fellas. Yeah, on that note. Who wants this has to been bring a flat it home? circle? No, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Okay, we're that's done. It. <laughs> we're it. we're into it, and we're on to the next one. This has been a flat circle from the Gaius's Podcast Network. Remember, be yourself, just like your brother, and everyone else. We'll catch you next time. <laughs> Thanks. Goodbye. <laughs>